All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Rational Rage Podcast. I am your host. My name is Spiro. I took last week off. I got a lot going on. I'm a very busy man. I'm sorry that I didn't give you guys any notice. People were emailing me, DMing me, whatever, asking me what happened, asking me about where was the new Rational Rage episode. And well, here it is, guys. But I took last week off. I needed a break. I have a day job. And I'm sure a lot of you probably think good because, you know, you know what they say. Don't quit your day job. <laughs> um, you know, but anyways, I'm back. I miss you, all the listeners, the wonderful listeners that support and continue to support. Um, I miss you all. I couldn't go another week without talking to you guys. So I decided to look at the rankings, ratings, whatever you want to call them. I don't know. Um, Apple Podcasts has us ranked at 163. Let me tell you something. I'm really proud of that. I'm very proud of that. You know, for the fact that, who the fuck am I? I'm a fucking nobody. You know, and for a nobody to be ranked anywhere near the fucking top 100 is, I think, is a fucking accomplishment in itself. I mean, you know, when you look at all these people that command the majority of the audience, it's, you know, celebrities. You know, it's somebody who, who's been somebody and who may still be somebody or who once was somebody in the public eye, in the public ear now. And, um, you know, like I said before, you know, SVS, BG, and myself, you know, we're not these Markish motherfuckers. We're not Marks for ourselves. We're not on social media every day craving and starving for your fucking attention. You know, we're not doing TikToks, doing stupid dances, making fools of ourselves. Not that I have a problem with acting a fool to make you laugh and for your entertainment. And But, you know, we're not out there in your face trying to shove our opinions down anybody's throat on anything, you know? And, you know, so I feel like our numbers are legit numbers and, you know, which makes me feel way more proud of our ranking and I'm proud of the guys man I'm proud of the guys and the work they put in because they're very busy men as well I mean we're so busy that I don't think that all three of us have ever gotten together to record an episode hopefully that changes soon we'll see but you will definitely get anywhere from one to three episodes a week and uh we try to provide you with entertaining content, sometimes informative. And hey, like we said before, man, we keep doing this because of you people. I mean, you know, I'm not the type of guy, like I said, I'm not a mark for myself. If the product wasn't performing, I wouldn't be doing it. I wouldn't waste my time on this shit. I mean, I enjoy doing it. And there is a therapeutic value to this, like I've said before, I mean, but at the same time, there's a million things I got going on. And if this show wasn't performing the way it has been and, you know, it's doing large part to you people supporting it, I wouldn't be doing it. So anyways, what's been going on? So as you guys know, there was a meeting 
between school security and whatever parents were interested. And I've said before, there's a lot of parents that don't seem to give three shits. And the ones that do give three shits don't seem to have the balls to step up and say anything because they don't want to cause trouble. It's not causing trouble. And even if it was causing trouble, you know, when it comes to your child's safety, call me a fucking troublemaker. I don't give a fuck. All right. Um, I'm not going to get into any specifics because at the end of the day, we got to keep OPSEC in mind. But um, I don't know. I'm not 100% convinced. Uh, there were some improvements made since the meeting. There's been personnel and technology put in place. It's a start. But I still feel that there's work that needs to be done. And, you know, this isn't something that they should be... This isn't a project that they should be stretching out over the fucking quarter or the entire school year. You know, these are things that should have been addressed a long time ago and should have been rectified over the summer. But here we are. You know, in regards to the incident that I brought up the last time, the attempted kidnapping of a student, um, apparently this is somebody that's been in the area working. Um, the intel I got is it's some jerk off in, I believe, a gray van. He's been trying to lure kids. Thankfully, you know... Some of you parents have been doing a good job in teaching your kids not to talk to strangers, not to go to strangers' vehicles, whatever. Um, yeah, it's very important. You know, if, if you're not going to talk to the school, if you're not going to step up and do something there, at least talk to your kids and, you know, make sure you teach them not to talk to strangers, not to allow themselves to be cornered or lured into any compromising situation by a stranger. And listen, it's not just strangers that we need to worry about. You know, statistics show that the majority of the times when something happens to a kid or they get taken, a lot of times it's somebody that that kid knows. It's somebody you know. So keep that in mind when you talk to your children. You know, we all had that uncle or that cousin or whatever that we trusted. Let me tell you something, all right? The people you can actually trust. You know, you may know a lot of people and you may think that they're all your friends. You might think that you have a lot of friends because you know a lot of people. Well, no, you, you fucking don't actually. You need to be able to identify who your real friends are. And I think that's a problem that a lot of people make is they acquaint themselves with a lot of people. Therefore, they think they have a lot of friends. And, you know, sadly, some of you people do it because, you know, you feel it's it's something that you need for your image, for your status in your community. Maybe you want to be the most popular soccer mom or some shit, or maybe you want to be, you know, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys that like to fucking schmooze and get in with everybody for whatever reason, just to say that they know people or that people know them. But um, you can't fucking trust everybody. You can't trust everybody you come across. You can't trust everybody, you know. I don't give a fuck if it's somebody you're doing business with. If it's a fucking quote-unquote friend, a family member. You can't trust everybody. Because not everybody has good intentions when it comes to you and your children, okay? 
Not everybody gives a fuck about you and your children. Some people, they see you and they might envy you. Just keep your kids in mind. Keep a lot of things in mind, you know. Anyways, um, yeah, I'm not gonna... I don't want to get into this whole school security topic. I think I've talked your heads off about this. So I've been getting emails, a lot of military-related questions, you know, people asking me about advice for basic training, people asking me about duty stations and all that, and people asking me just, you know, for random stories. As far as advice, guys, I don't know what I could tell you people because I've been out. I've been out. I got out in 2005. All right. So I've been out a while, man. I've been out a while. And, um, you know, a lot of things have changed. Matter of fact, the military started changing a little bit before I got out. I think I spoke about this before, you know. Um, the general at the time, General Shinseki, he was implementing this nicer, kinder, gentler army thing. And, you know, back then, the Rangers wore the Black Beret. So there were three berets. The maroon one, which was for airborne personnel. The green one, the green beret for special forces. And the black one, which was to distinguish the rangers. So General Shinseki wanted to boost the morale or, or he thought it would make for better soldiers if everybody got to wear the legendary black beret that, you know, the badass rangers wore. I mean, listen, man, you know, if you take a turd and you sprinkle some fucking salt on it, some confectionate sugar, whatever the fuck, it's still a turd for fuck's sake. A shit soldier is a shit soldier. Now we can get into the whole, you know, well, there's no such thing as bad soldiers, there's bad leaders, or... And while that's true in many cases, there are just shit soldiers who are shit soldiers because they are and always will be shit soldiers until the day they're out of the service then they want to come out here in the fucking real world and act like they were some badasses they want to act like they were all disciplined and you know they want to act like the soldier they should have been while in the army they want to act that way out here and then everybody sucks his dick because they think he really was that soldier but in reality no he wasn't and uh, the Black Beret wasn't going to fucking change that. And there's a lot of motherfuckers out there like that. And I'm imagining that is still true to this day. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you got some fucking high-speed motherfuckers out there. Some highly motivated, dedicated soldiers. But, you know, you're always going to have your fucking shitbags. And I was not always the best soldier. I was not always the most squared away. I was not always the most disciplined I had my ups and I had my downs, but I was able to get my shit together. I was able to make rank and be in a leadership position. I was able to go to some excellent schools, some badass schools. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna fucking lie to you guys and paint myself out to be G.I. Joe or fucking John Wayne here. Fuck no, man. Trust me, I fucked up. I had my fair share of fuck-ups. I got into a lot of fucking trouble, guys. But, um, what are you gonna do, you know, when you're young, dumb, and full of cum, and you're traveling the world over, and, you know, you're experiencing all types of cultures, and women, and, you know, 
it's it's like you know being in the army and I'm you know I, I can't speak for the other branches because I was never in the other branches but being in the army is almost like if you have a certain type of a personality I'm telling you now you're gonna live the rock star lifestyle it's like that you're fucking traveling the world you know you're an alpha male traveling the world doing amazing things that average people don't do and some wish they could do and you're in and out of bars and you're running in and out of women and you know you at some point man you're gonna fuck up you're gonna get in trouble you know you're gonna get into your occasional fucking bar fights and whatnot and it is what it is man you know um i know dudes that destroyed hotel rooms like they were fucking rock stars i never did that because that's just fucking stupid and not that i didn't do my fair share of stupid things but what the fuck you know um that was one thing that i never did man i mean but i was working on a book but fuck man i just don't have enough time to i don't have the time that I'd like to be able to dedicate to it. But I mean, I could tell you guys a few stories, you know. Um, you know, somebody once asked me about airborne school and, and what it was like. To be honest, airborne school is probably going to be the easiest of all the high speed, of all the, the HUA schools, you know what I'm saying? The cool guy schools. But you got to be in shape, you know what I mean? You got to be in shape. You got to be able to fucking run when you get there. You got to be able to pass a PT test in the first place. And even that's not enough. But during that first week, you're going to be doing so much running that I'm telling you by the following week, your fucking run time is going to improve dramatically within one week. All right. You're going to be running everywhere you go. And I don't know what it's like these days, but we would run in boots and you weren't allowed to walk anywhere you were not a allowed within company area whatever you were not allowed to walk okay you had to run even if you were going to go across the street somewhere on your way to chow and back if you were going to go to the px you had to fucking run it's not bad enough that you had to run from point a to point b during the regular training day but you had to run during your off time when you were going to, to fucking chow and so forth. Um, but yeah, man, you're going to get in shape. And this being the easiest of the cool guy schools, you're still going to get people that are going to wash out, that are going to drop out and are going to be sent home. Because, man, like I said before, you know, you can sprinkle sugar and salt on a piece of turd but a piece of turd is just gonna be a, a fucking piece of turd it is what it is man you know so if you think that putting a black beret and a bunch of fucking shit bags is gonna make rangers out of them <laughs> guess again but um yeah man the most brutal part the most brutal part because you, you get used to the excessive running um, at least when I was there, I, again, I don't know what jump school's like these days, what airborne school is like these days, but you're going to get used to it. You're going to be running like nothing, man. You're not even going to be breathing heavy. I'm telling you, man, the most brutal part of airborne school is 
is the PLFs, the parachute landing falls. When you're training, when you're learning how to properly land. Jesus fucking Christ, man, was my body sore. I guess I would compare it to wrestlers when they have a brutal match where they bump like crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's like at the end of the day, you'll be so sore you feel like you were in a fucking TLC match. I don't know if you guys are, how many of you guys out there are wrestling fans? I'm sure a lot of you are because we do have a wrestling show. But for those of you who aren't, TLC stands for tables, ladders, and chairs. And people hit themselves with them. People jump off of them. People ram each other's bodies into them, etc. And the way guys would describe the way they felt after those matches, I guess that's how I would compare feeling after a day of doing parachute landing falls. I mean, every part of my body aching, sore as fuck. But... You know, I'm not going to get into every little detail about airborne school. I mean, if you guys give a shit about that, you, you can Google it or... But, um, yeah, man, nothing... I can't... Nothing beats that very first jump. That very first jump, it's like being born again, man. I, I swear to God, man, it's... But after that, forget about it. I don't know, man. Once you pop your fucking cherry, it's like... If you're a sane, rational thinking human being, a part of you wonders like, okay, that was great, but what the fuck am I doing? Why the fuck am I jumping out of a perfectly good airplane? But I'd be lying if I said that I didn't miss it. A part of me does miss it. But I guarantee you, if I went and I jumped out of a fucking plane or I jumped out of a Chinook, I'd probably be like, all right, that's it. I'm fucking done. I'm not doing this shit. That shit drains you, man. One jump fucking drains you, man. Especially if you got other shit going on. And sometimes you would have more than one jump in a single day. All right? But after after that, it's like you don't want to do anything. You don't want to do anything, man. You just want to fucking sit down, have a beer, and just chill, man. I don't know. I mean, that's how I felt a lot of times. But, um, yeah, man. So after graduation... Um, there was one jump that stood out to me was uh, my first jump with my actual unit. Uh, this was in Washington State. I was at First Special Forces Group at Fort Lewis. And I believe this was February. I think it was February when I had my first jump. Um, yeah, it was a cold day, windy day. And, uh, you know, man, when you're new, when you're going to have your first one or two jumps, you know, I'm pretty sure the way things are nowadays, they don't do this anymore, but there is a bit of hazing. I don't think there's anything wrong with hazing as long as nobody gets hurt. You know, it's sort of a rite of passage. It's, you know, it's, come on. I mean, here we are training for war, training to kill people, and we're worried about hazing. Give me a fucking break. So one of the things they do is they make you wear a fucking cherry red helmet or a cherry red jumpsuit or fucking both, you know, because it's your cherry blast. Although you already have five jumps, by the time you graduate from airborne school, your first jump with your unit is considered your cherry blast. But I didn't wear the red helmet. I didn't wear the red jumpsuit, none of that. 
you know i remember seeing other guys wearing them i don't know if i got lucky because they didn't have any more but then again knowing my unit man they would have been like oh we ran out okay they would have ran quick and grabbed some fucking red spray paint and spray paint a fucking helmet or something but anyways but it's your first jumps where everybody's trying to scare you everybody's looking at your equipment after you put it on and it's been inspected everybody's like you know trying to scare you trying to make you think that you got bad equipment or or they'll look at your equipment and make it look like they see something wrong with it and then they walk away and you know and some people fall for that shit man some people they shit their pants you know man i was just me none of that shit affected me none of that shit phased me man i would see other guys who it was their fucking cherry blast and sometimes i would join in on it or depending on the level of stress and dread on their faces i might be like hey man they're just fucking with you man don't don't worry about it so here i am i get on the plane it was a c-130 they open the door the jump master ins inspects everything everything's good to go uh we do our equipment check we sound off with our equipment check then we start going out the door okay once a fucking green light hit and and the jump master said go whatever you know Everybody started exiting the fucking door. Um, so I jump. Now, the shoots that we trained with in airborne school were not the same as the better ones for my unit, okay? We, we didn't have toggles at airborne school. But in jump school, you got to, you know, you do a lot of pull-ups because you, you got to pull the reasors and fucking, um, you know, to try to steer the shoot and make it go here and there you know but with the toggles not so much it's a lot easier you know man you pull right you go right you pull left you go left what i was supposed to do is after jumping out counting to four the parachute opens you're supposed to inspect the shoot if it looks good immediately take control of the shoot now you're supposed to turn and face the wind so that it slows you down Okay, and you can sort of manage yourself a little better. Um, not with the precise control you would have in a halo jump. So instead of turning and facing the wind, I rode the wind. So I'm flying across the fucking sky, all right? And I'm coming close to, you know, impacting with other jumpers and everybody's like and you know you're up there and i can hear people screaming at me telling me what to do and you know i can see the looks in some other jumpers faces because i'm fucking coming very close to them now when you get close enough to another jumper you could steal their air another jumper's air from their shoot um thankfully i didn't do that but I'm flying across the field. I'm coming down fast. And um, to make an already long story a little shorter, I come down, forget the PLF, forget the parachute landing fall, whatever I learned. And, you know, even before the jump, you go through fucking refresher, you practice your PLF. Because, you know, people forget these things. And the army is crazy about muscle memory. So anyways, man, I hit down like a fucking a ton of bricks i land on my ass and i mean hard hard i didn't feel any pain i guess from the adrenaline 
But man, I felt the impact and it was like a loud fucking thud. And I'm like, fuck. So I give myself a few seconds, you know, not thinking that it's a windy day. Next thing you know, my chute catches wind. All right. And I'm being dragged across the field now. And it's a cold, rainy day. There's fucking mud everywhere. There's fucking puddles of water. So I'm being dragged across the mud. I'm fucking, I got, I got muddy, dirty water in my fucking mouth and shit. And, and I'm trying to pull the fucking, the freaking buckle and shit. It's like uh, in an emergency, if your chute catches air, you pull that shit and it releases air. But it wouldn't come loose. So I try to smack it the way they taught me nothing. So I pulled out a knife. I cut the fucking thing. Next thing you know, I get up. I'm wet. I'm soaking wet. You know, I don't feel any pain. People are running to me, asking me, are you okay? What the fuck? You know, this and that. Some people are fucking laughing because that's just the way it is in the military. You know, we find these things funny. Then, you know, as somebody asked me if I was okay, did I break anything? I said, I don't think so. I think I'm good. But as I bent over to pick up my chute, man, I get this fucking shot of pain in my back. And I just drop to my knees. And next thing you know, I start feeling fucking cold, like really cold to the point that I'm shivering. The fucking adrenaline, I guess, started to fade. And, you know, now I'm feeling the pain. I'm feeling cold. So they got to bring out a fucking little uh, Hummer ambulance to pick me up. They put me on a fucking stretcher. They cover me with fucking blankets. Then I got to go back to the rear. I got to get checked by the by the medical sergeant because I landed on my fucking tailbone. Now he has to shove a thumb up my ass to make sure I didn't break it. I don't have any blood and shit coming out of my ass. So, you know, that's what I got. You know, a thumb up my ass for my fucking trouble. But, um, yeah, man, that happened. I mean, I've had, I, I can tell some more stories of, um, some more horror stories from airborne operations, but I'll save those for another day or I'll save those for the book, you know? But, um, yeah, man, I don't know, man. It, it's it's a weird thing to me. You know, it's a weird thing to me what, what they're trying to do in the military. It's like I see what's going on now with, uh, what is it, something happened in, in the Navy with the SEALs or something happened during BUDS or something. I, I don't know, man. You know, especially when you're dealing with a special operations community, the military as a whole, but specifically the special operations community, regardless of branch, Regardless of what level, you know, man, you're in the business of killing and, you know, it's killing to save lives. Um, you train to kill, you're training for war. You know, this type of mentality has no place in the military, especially in the special operations community. The military as a whole, especially the special operations community, is not meant to be and should never be some kind of an all-inclusive club where, you know, it's safe for everybody to join. No, the military should be where if you have the balls to try out to join, do so. But it should be the military's duty and job to itself and to its country to weed out all the weak links, okay, to make sure that we have nothing but the best 
men and women that'll, you know, go forth and move on to training. Again, training to fucking kill. Training, you know, not not everybody trains to fucking kill. I mean, yeah, you know, in basic training, everybody learns basic rifle marksmanship. That should be everybody's first duty. That should be everybody's primary duty is, you know, defending your nation. But everybody's got their job to do. Everybody has their MOS to do. And, um, you know, for some of us, it was and is to fucking kill, okay? I'm not saying the military is mass-producing murderers. What I'm saying is that we're in a business where most likely there will be somebody across from us or behind us to our left, to our right, that will try to kill us. And we need to be able to respond in kind, not only to defend ourselves, but to defend our buddies and to ensure that we carry out our mission to success and everybody comes back home safe and sound and uh you can't have you can't have people who are looking for safe spaces you can't have people who are easily offended you can't have people that require you to lower the standards you can't have people you know you can't have people that can't operate in a team environment there's no rock stars there's rock bands made up of various rock stars that come together but in the end it's about fucking team and a team is only as strong as its weakest link we can't we cannot have the military become this all-inclusive club where you know nobody's feelings are hurt i'm telling you man the military you will either adapt to it or it will chew you up and fucking spit you out man i'm telling you now if you're not the type that's going to grow some thick skin, because, man, there's some serious, there's some serious, um, you're going to get fucked. Well, again, I can't speak for what it's like nowadays, but when I was in, if you came in with thin skin, you better, you better be able to adapt and grow some thick skin because they were going to fuck with you. Okay. I know guys who couldn't handle that shit. Military is not for everybody. If you're easily offended, if you have thin skin, do yourself, do the military, and do your country a service by not joining. Do not join. Do not join the ranks of the greatest military on the planet and contribute to weakening it. Don't, all right? Just fucking stay out here and support in other ways. Be a good citizen. Find a job that you like doing. Pay your taxes. You can contribute in that way. All right. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed that story. Um, I've gotten some emails in the past about, you know, people asking me about the military and they wanted to hear some stories and they want some advice. Well, my advice is if you're one of, again, if you're one of these people, you know, if you just heard what I said and you, you don't think you can hack it, then don't join. You know, just come in, be open minded, give yourself over to the training and become the best version of yourself and, you know, go on to, to defend and do your duty to your country. Anyways, guys, that's going to do it for me. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for your ongoing support. Again, send me emails to rationalrage.mailbag at gmail.com or via the website www.rationalrage.com. DM me at Instagram. Uh, the underscore rational underscore one one spelled with a zero but that's it guys this has been another edition of the rational rage podcast my name is spiro and until next time 
Stay alert, stay alive. Rational rage is over and out.